Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. This morning, I am not preaching. I told Pastor Laura, I said, look at, yeah. <laughs> get out. People are like excited. Yeah. Woo! Glory. We're going to get out of here early. Hallelujah. And uh, I told Pastor Laura, I said, we need to get Pastor Adam in the pulpit. Uh, I tell you, I appreciate this man. Adam and I first met last year. Uh, different people had told both of us we need to meet one another. And then we ran into each other at an event and and I said, hey, let's get together for lunch. And we did that several times and really are connected at a heart level. I appreciated him. And uh, so lo and behold, we're looking for an executive pastor and God led us to him. And here's the thing. As he has been here, uh, we've been meeting together. I appreciate this man more now than when I hired him. That's a good thing. And uh, I just appreciate his heart. Uh, you know, you, you know the wisdom of a man, not by his answers often, but by his questions and uh, his diagnostic questions. He'll ask me interesting questions to make me think, and I appreciate that about him. He's a deep well, so let's give a good heartland welcome to our executive pastor, Adam Hershey. Amen. All right. Good morning, champions. You look wonderful this morning. You look wonderful. Can everybody hear me all right? Yes. All right, good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, this is me. I've been meeting people for the last month here around the, the campus at the church, and it's been wonderful to sit down with several different couples and different individuals, and just to get to know your heart and get to know... Um, your passion and why you're here at Heartland Church and all these type of things. And I can truly say, this is a good church family. If you're here today for the first time, second time, third time, and you're wondering, hey, I'm looking for a church in the Des Moines area that's healthy, that people love one another, that they're going to do life together and they're going to care for one another. Um, no church is perfect, but I think you've found home. So I just want to let you know that this morning. Hey, this morning, I want to encourage you, if you feel stuck between the past and a promise, between a wilderness season and your promised land, today I'm going to share with you the heartland vision that I received from God a few years ago. And I trust that as I share this, that God's going to do a work in your heart and do a work in the atmosphere here in this church and gonna deliver us into a new season here in the heartland. Would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your word and to come into your presence this morning. Lord, we choose to encounter you in your spirit this morning. Father, I release into the supernatural, what you want accomplished in our midst. We open our hearts right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today I'm going to spend the majority of our time in the book of Joshua. And 
Joshua, the story of Joshua begins where Moses has died and turned over the keys of leading the people of God to Joshua. In Joshua chapter one, the, the, Lord, says, the Lord says to Joshua, hey, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. And the same promises that I gave to Moses, I give to you. Everywhere the, the, your foot will tread, that is land that I'm going to give you. This is a promise to you and to the people of God. He promised this to them. Joshua hears this word, and then he turns to the leaders inside the people of God, the officers in the camp. And he gives them the direction that God gave to him. He says to the officers in the camp that we are to, in just a little while, we are going to go in to the promised land. When I tell you to, I want you to turn and go throughout the ranks of the congregation of Israel, and I want to you to tell them to get ready for we're moving with God. This is how God works. He comes and brings us a vision, a promise, a word to us that may come in prayer, or it may come through a prophecy, or it may come through the word of God as we read, but we see this picture of a better life or, or a promise that he gives us. Maybe it's healing in our soul. But we, we get this promise from God, and oftentimes these promises even come to a whole congregation. Because God gives a house a promise. He gives a tribe a land. And if you're part of this tribe, you're part of walking into a land. And if you're part of this specific house, Every word spoken over this house is a word spoken over you. And so God has words that he speaks to you individually. He has words that he speaks to your family. Oftentimes those come through the head of the family. He has words that he speaks to a spiritual family known as a local church. And he has words that he speaks to a tribe. And how those words function are very interesting. He, oftentimes he speaks to the leadership, the senior pastor and then the elders. And then when they hear from God, it's time to move out, then they move out. And the congregation has a decision to make. Am I all in or am I out? So here I am today bringing you up to speed on Moses and Joshua. Joshua gets the word from God that he's supposed to continue walking in the same word that Moses had, a generational calling, a generational blessing, that he's to lead the people of God. He goes to his officers in the camp and he says, here's what we're gonna do. The time is gonna come and we're gonna, we're gonna move with God. I need you to get the people ready. And sometimes God brings people to a house to get the people ready. to step into their promise. I'm gonna open scripture today to Joshua chapter three. 
I'm going to read a section of that scripture, and then we're going to, we're going to break it down a little bit. For those of you just getting to know me, I'm a word guy. I love the Bible. We have the written word of God, and we have the rhema, spoken word of God. You can't live by anything but the word of God. Come on, somebody. Also, for those of you getting to know me, I like to have a little fun. Do not take me too seriously. I take the things of God very serious, but I do not take life too serious. All right. Joshua chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm reading out the New Living Translation today. It says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Let me step back for a minute. Remember, the people of God wandered in the desert, in the wilderness, for 40 years years. They had been to this spot before, basically. They sent scouts into the camp. The scouts came back. Some had a bad report, had an evil report of unbelief, and so they couldn't go in. You guys remember that? And now they're back at that same spot. 40 years later, the unbelieving generation has died off. They're, they've come out of the wilderness, and here they are on the edge of the promised land only separated by the Jordan River. It says where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. This section of scripture is also prophetic for this house this morning. Let's think about the people of God at this moment. They grew up under parents who were telling them about the good life that God had for them. Promises of this world, of, of uh, this land of milk and honey, this land of prosperity. They knew about this land. They'd heard stories about this land. They're so excited, and they've come up to this point where they're at the edge of the wilderness, and they can practically taste the good life that God had promised them. And then God says, I want you to camp before crossing. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'd be like, can't we just go? Like, we've been in the desert 40 years. We've been faithful, God. Can't we just go? And yet God looks at their past. He looks at their promise, and he asks them to camp before crossing. Maybe you're at that place today. Somewhere between the past and all the lessons that you've had to learn, all the character that you've had to develop, somewhere between the past of dysfunctional relationships Career's gone wrong. 
somewhere between the past and cutting that off and this promise of a better life that God has for you. Maybe you're at this place today where you've come to the end of yourself, doing it your own way, living in sin and trying to make a life for yourself. Maybe you've come to the end of yourself, but you've not yet stepped over into this promise of a better life. You're in camping season, my friend. And camping season is from God. God could have moved them in right away into the promised land, but he didn't. He asked them to camp there for a few days. <laughs> to camp. What was it like in the campfire at night? What were they talking about? Were they talking about the pain that they experienced in the wilderness? Or were they thinking, man, I can't wait. When are we going to get in? When is this going to come to pass? When am I going to see it? Have you guys ever been there with God? Where you're like, you're done with that old thing. You're done with that bad relationship or, or that sin that you've had. But then you're like not fully experiencing the joy of your salvation. And you're just like, when's it going to happen? That's how they felt. And that may be how you feel today. I know exactly how that feels. In 2016, my wife and I and our family left our pastoral position in Dubuque, Iowa. We moved to Texas for a season of exposure and recalibration in ministry. In 2017, I was praying with God and my, my wife was about to graduate from her school and I was like, God, what do you want for us next? My degree that I was after, I mean, I was online so I could do it from anywhere. I'm just like, God, what do you have? And he said, take my heart back to the heartland. Well, you know the heartland is not Texas. Anybody, anybody from the Midwest knows that the heartland is not Texas. It's got a lot of things in common, but it's not the heartland. So in 2018, we sold everything that we had in Texas, sold our home. It sold in hours as we were driving out of Texas. And we found ourselves living missional in a two-bedroom apartment in Indianola, Iowa as a family of seven. We placed our, all of our stuff into storage. It was 103 degrees the day we did it. Pianos are heavy. My wife was in a music program, and that day that we moved things, it was me and my wife picking up this piano, moving it. We were after the will of God. We, we wanted the will of God. We knew that God said the heartland, and so we came back. And through a series of circumstances, I found myself on my knees with my face in a chair, crying out to God, God, why am I here? You said take my heart to the heartland. Your heart is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know this. Where do you want me? How do you want this to work? God, what is it you want me to do? And I was praying, and I was praying in the Holy Spirit. And I saw a vision. 
I slipped over into the spirit and I saw a vision. And in the vision, I saw the globe. And it was dark and it was turning on its axis. And as it turned, I, and I prayed in the spirit, I watched as, it, as it, the picture zoomed in over the United States of America and then zoomed in into the heartland of America and I saw what looked like a spiritual backbone going up and down the center of the nation. As I continued to pray, the, the picture continued to zoom in toward Iowa and it started to turn green on the map. And right up out of the center of the state shot a two-pronged spotlight. Have you ever seen a spotlight that's at a fair or something like that? And they're kind of going like this up into the sky. That's what I saw. And then I heard it. It was a really faint heartbeat. Do-do. 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 I just continued to pray. As I prayed, I saw veins, like veins like you'd see in your arm or your leg. These veins were the color of white lightning. And they started to grow from the center of the state of Iowa. They started to grow east and west across the state. When they reached to the eastern edge and the western edge of the state, they started to grow into the region. And off of these veins that were growing out into the state. I saw what looked like capillaries growing off of them to the north and to the south. And then I saw this heartbeat that was coming from the center of the state going down, pulsating down these veins. These veins were going all over the region of the heartland. All of a sudden as I prayed, they started to come back toward the center of the state. And it made like a circular system. So this heartbeat was going out and back and out and back. And when those, the heartbeat got back to the center of the state, remember what started as a two-pronged spotlight just up into the air? All of a sudden, it started to grow in diameter. A circle started to grow in diameter on the map, just like just a circle just started to grow, just like that. Just the same color as that white lightning as I continued to pray, that, that, that circle expanded and then grew up like a bubble off the map. And it got more and more intense on the inside, brighter and brighter and brighter, more tense and tense and tense, like a balloon that's getting stretched and stretched and stretched. And all of a sudden, it just exploded out the top. And when it did, the view that I was seeing zoomed back out to the original globe. And those veins of white lightning, those veins pulsating the heartbeat of God that went throughout Iowa, that went throughout the region, all of a sudden they flew like flight patterns around the world, landing in different nations of the world. What do you do with that? <laughs> Sometimes God comes and he gives us a picture of something. And we're like, that's an amazing promise. How do I get that to come to pass? 
came upstairs like any good man would do and say to his wife, this is what I saw, but I don't know what it means. And she said, well, here's what I have. I know at least we start in the center of the state of Iowa. When you receive a word from God, it tests you. It purifies you. As you, as you seek the God of the word, not the word itself, the word itself will purify you and bring you into the right place at the right time with the right people so things will function in the right way and it will be fulfilled. What promises has God spoken to you? Are you camped between seasons? That's what they were. They camped before crossing. Wow. How many of you guys like camping? Anybody like camping? I like camping. But what God showed me here today when I was praying about this sermon is that some people, some people have been waiting for that promise to come to pass and have started wandering. Started wandering on the journey. They've seen God work in their wilderness. They believe that God exists. They believe that God is faithful. But they really want that word now. And how many of you know it's uncomfortable when God asks you to camp and you want the word now? Now, there's different types of camping. There's different types of campers. I'll have a little fun here with you today, but how many of your type of camping, I need some audience participation. How many of you, when you think of camping, you think of, yeah, let's grab a tent and let's go out, let's camp. Raise your hand. All right, good amount, good amount, okay. How many of you guys, when you think of camping, you think of, get an RV and turn on the AC when it gets hot, RV campers. Yeah, yeah. How many of you guys in the room, when you think of camping, you think of which hotel will we stay at? Where is the hot tub? All right. Everybody likes to camp. They just like to camp a little different. There's different types of camping. And there's no room for judging in the people in the household of God. If one person likes to camp at a hotel and another person likes to camp in a tent, praise God, fulfill the will of God for your life, rejoice with one another, have fun, but don't look down on somebody else that likes their tent. And don't look down on somebody else that likes their hotel with the pre-made breakfast and the hot tub. There's different types of camping, and there's different types of campers. There's different types of campers. What kind of camper are you? Some campers show up at the campsite, and their only goal is to get back to regular life. (laughs) How long do we have to be here? Did anybody bring the bug spray? 
You mean we don't have China to eat on? We have to start the fire with paper plates? Some campers can make life miserable. Some campers choose to be miserable. But if God's called all of us at times into camping seasons, it's up to you what kind of camper you're going to be. So if you're camping somewhere between your past and a promise, I want to encourage you today to camp with expectation. Let's look back at Joshua, what it says here. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, in other words, when you see the leaders in the household of God moving in the presence of God, then you stand up and you follow. When you see, when you see, that means that they had to have their eyes open. They had to be camping with expectation. They were done with the wilderness. Woo, they're done. They're looking forward to what's to come, but they're not yet there but they're to camp in expectation with a good attitude with one another. They're to get along with one another, not make life miserable for one another. You ever camp with somebody and they steal all the covers? You ever camp with somebody and they eat all the food? You ever camp with somebody and they don't share the sunscreen? Now, it's, time, it's important that when we're camping, we get along. But that we camp in expectation. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 says something. It says, we are not of those who look back. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we are those who look forward and are saved. So if you, today you're camping somewhere in some area of your life between the past and some sort of misery and the promise, the word, the vision that God's given you, if you're there, I want you to commit to yourself today that I'm not going to be one of those who gets stuck looking back, starting to wander in the wilderness again and get dragged back into that junk and destroyed. No, I'm going to be one that even when I'm camping, I'm looking forward. Even when I'm camping, I'm living in joy. Even if somebody camps a little different than me, I'm still gonna bless them, rejoice, and I'm gonna move forward in the will of God for my life. Everybody say, camp and expectation. Verse five. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders 
among you. The English Standard Version of this scripture says, consecrate yourselves before the Lord. Camping is for consecration. If God's got you in a camping season, if God's got this house in a short camping season, it's a season for consecration. It's a season for purification so that they can go over the Jordan River so that they can inhabit a promised land so they can handle a new way of living over there. He says, consecrate yourself, purify yourself, because God's about to work great wonders among you. He's talking to people who saw miracles, who saw signs, who saw wonders, who've been walking with God 40 years. They've got water from a rock. They know what it is to walk and experience the wonders of God on a, on a uniquely individual basis. But what he's saying to them is where I'm taking you is going to be a new way of life. Instead of you uh, living from miracle to miracle to miracle, I'm going to use a miracle to take you into a land of miracles. And the way that you survive there by knowing me by an instance and an instance and an experience and an experience and an encounter and an encounter and a touch and a touch. Instead of having to seek a touch, seek a touch, you are going to live in the encounter. You are going to abide in the encounter. You are going to walk as a transformed individual. You were going to walk as a transformed people. Instead of living in miracle land, I'm going to teach you seed time and harvest, and you are going to live in that level of prosperity that you have dreamed of. Camping is for consecration so that we're ready when he moves us in to the promised land. Consecration, how do we do that? First, we get real with God. You purify your heart before God. Get real. Second, you get ready. You get your provisions in order. You get things ready. If you got your money all over the place, you haven't been tithing, you haven't been worshiping, and things are out of order in your married life, or your, all these other things, get your provisions in order. Because God wants to move you into something, but if you got a mess, you're gonna carry it with you. He's trying to tell you, get your provisions in order so that you can walk in this next level of health I'm trying to bring you. And then get right. Get right with people in your life. Get right with your relationships. If you've had any relationship dysfunction that has come into your family, into your relationships, or anything like that as you're walking through the wilderness, camping is a purposeful time of consecration. It's time to get those relationships back at peace. Romans says, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all people. 
It doesn't mean they're going to camp like you. It doesn't mean that they're going to go into the next level of vision with you. It doesn't mean that they're going to ha- inhabit the promise with you. you. You may chose to amicably go other directions, but you have to leave that with peace as much as depends on you. Consecration. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. What a prayer. What a prayer. Part of my testimony is my calling into ministry and my laying down my life for whatever God called me to do. When I finally responded to that, it was at Iowa State University in, in Stevens, uh, C.Y. Stevens Auditorium. I was at a summer camp. I, I was about 20 years old. I wasn't a teenager, but they invited me to come to the summer camp. Heidi and I both went. I have no idea what the guy preached about. But the presence of God in the room was thick. And I entered into this camping day. And I remember the guy at the end of the sermon, he said this. If you're ready, if you've come to the end of yourself and you want to dedicate your life to God, tonight's your night. I'd grown up in church. I knew the Lord as Savior, but I was flesh ruled. God didn't make the decisions in my life, I did. And those decisions had gotten me in some bad places. But God's love kept calling out to me. God wouldn't let me go. And I remember that night, he said the only way to live with God is fully consecrated. The only way you're going to find fulfillment in God, the only way you're going to walk into the good life he has prepared for you is full consecration. You have to commit your life to God. That's what we're going to do this morning. That's what we're doing this morning. Heartland Church We're in a little season of camping. Their season was three days. I've had seasons that were three years. But if you'll consecrate yourself, you'll be ready when God is. God works the timing on the seasons, not us. We can slow down the timing by not being consecrated.
He shows us a promise, but if we don't match up to it, if we won't commit our lives to God, he can't bring us into that. It wouldn't be good for us. We would take the mess that we're in with us. And so here we are today with an opportunity for fresh consecration. We're camping before crossing over. Heavenly Father is about to do a marvelous, miraculous work in the heartland, specifically tied with Heartland Church. And he's saying, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, I'm going to do a great miracle among you, and you're going to cross over into a new level of vision. The senior pastor is going to stand up in the future, and he's going to share some vision. The officers in the camp are going to stand with them, and they're going to hold arms with them, and they're going to say, we're going this direction. Are we going to be ready to follow into the promised land? If God's called you to be a part of this house of worship, then your promises are tied to the promises of this house. So you need to be ready to gear up, provision ready to move in as one church, as one group. And when your heart gets fully involved and consecrated for the vision of God for this house, then God's heart comes through that into your house and into your family and into your finances and into your health and into your children. But will you lay down your life? Will you commit your life to God? Somebody in this room today, you've come to the end of yourself. You've said, I've done it my way, and that hasn't worked. I've done it long enough to know it doesn't work. When I do it my way, I always step on my own feet. Here in this section of scripture today, he said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant moving out, keep yourselves a little bit back from it and follow it, but keep a distance. Why would he say something like that? Because it's our tendency as human beings, when we see a vision or hear a promise, that we wanna run out and make it happen in our own way. We wanna get in front of God and his timing. And he says, hey, 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 no, keep a distance because they're gonna, they're gonna guide you in this journey because you've never walked this journey before. You've never walked in this land before. You've never inhabited this promised territory before. There's a new way of living here. So you've got to stay in order. Because where the order is, there the blessing is poured out. And so you've come to the end of yourself today. We're going to end the service in a unique manner today. I'm going to open these altars up. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. 
And today what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a time where people can consecrate their life to God afresh and anew. Throughout this congregation, we have people who have never confessed Jesus as their Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer to do that. And then we also have people who, you've, you've been walking with God for a long time. You've been walking this journey. It's kind of a wilderness. You've made some mistakes. God's met you, forgiven you. You've grown character along the way. And then all of a sudden, you're like at this spot where you're like, okay, I'm good. I, I, I feel good. I'm, I'm like at the end of this wilderness journey, but I see this picture over here. Like maybe it's relational. Like you've been on a relationship journey and you've let go of some dysfunctional boyfriends or girlfriends and yet you don't have the spouse that's godly yet. Or your marriage. Or your career. Or your leadership. Or your church. And God is calling today. He's calling out to you. Would you come? Would you get on your knees again before me like you did in the beginning when you lay down your life? Are you too old? Are you too pious? Are you too religious to be real with me? Do you have too much blessing in your life that you won't gear up your provisions again and lay them before me? Are your relationships that you have now too important to you that you wouldn't lay them on the altar before me? But God is calling to this house today. God is calling to this house for a season of consecration this morning. That we would come back to camping with expectation for the miracles that are about to break out. This morning I've said that some of you have come to the end of yourself. That's where Jesus picks up. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was risen from the grave. Miraculously by the Holy Spirit, that he showed himself to many witnesses. That while some of them were watching, he ascended up into heaven alive. He's alive today in heaven. And King Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back for all those who believed. And today is your day to let go of yourself, believe on Jesus, and Walk with Jesus for the rest of your life. To declare him the leader, the Lord of your life. And to walk into your promised land. God has an abundant life for you. But you, it begins when you lay down your own selfish works. So all around the room today, I'm going to lead the congregation in a prayer. And I'm going to ask that if you've prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior before, that you would pray this out loud to support the, the people around you that are also praying for the first time. I'm going to pray the words out loud, and you'll pray the words after me. 
This prayer is to receive Jesus as your Savior. If you're ready to let go of yourself and receive Jesus, pray these words after me. Say, God in heaven, I receive Jesus as my Savior. I declare Jesus as my Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Amen. Let's give them a hand, those who prayed for the first time today. Now, I know it's Sunday morning. I know you came for your quick hit them with God experience, but God has something better today. He wants a fresh consecration from you. Will you meet him? The presence of God is in the altars today. The presence of God is here. He wants to do an outpouring, and it begins today. It begins today. A fresh season, a fresh season of harvest is coming to this house. A fresh season of harvest is coming into the heartland. And a fresh season of harvest is going into the uttermost parts of the world. And it begins today with a sold out, committed, consecrated people. While they sing, I open the altars. Come, get on your knees and give your heart afresh and anew to God Almighty. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.